This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Benner, and today you're listening to episode 49 with Hawa Kapilili. Hawa is from Arusha, Tanzania, where she is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Send a Success. In this organization, she works with children, their parents, and teachers to help provide the best opportunities for all those children in her village and surrounding areas. In this episode, Hawa talks about her upbringing and how it has influenced her to want to help other children. And she dives into what she does in her own organization, some of the ideas that she has to reform the educational system. And she also talks about this really cool initiative that she did during the beginning of the COVID-19 shutdowns. I really enjoyed my conversation with Hawa. It was just great to talk with someone that has so much passion and love for everyone around her as well as a lot of ideas going forward to help the educational system in Tanzania. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Hawa as well. All right, today on the Illuminate podcast, we have Hawa Kipilili from Arusha, Tanzania. Welcome to the podcast, Hawa. Thank you very much. So Hawa and I know each other through my mom who met Hawa while she was traveling to Tanzania and Hawa was actually her Airbnb host. And they've stayed really good friends since then and I've always heard just great things about Hawa and about the new projects that she's always working on and she's always got new projects to help with her community and help the children and all of that. And she also has just an incredible life story and I'm sure we'll get into that today. Hawa, how about you just get us started and share about yourself? Yeah, great. So my my name is Hawa Kipilili. I'm a Tanzanian young female uh, in Arusha, Tanzania. I'm a teacher by profession and I hold a postgraduate in international education from Nottingham and a bachelor with arts with education from University of Dar es Salaam. And I've been teaching for almost nine years now, uh, which brings wonderful experience to my career. And as well as working with the community around me. I don't know if you want to get into this. I can cut this out too if you don't want to share about this. But I know you did have um, a tough upbringing. And I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that, about your parents and then about raising your siblings as well. If that's something you want to go into, it kind of might lead to why you're so into helping other children. Yes. So when I was growing up, my mom and my dad uh, were in a like everyday fight like most i think most parents have and it was really difficult for me just to 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 see my parents fighting all the time and my dad became 
a bit alcoholic because of straight life stress and everything uh in 2007 they just decided to to separate like uh, that was a divorce actually and my siblings were very very young and there was no one to take care of them so my dad and my mom were like uh this is your child this is your child you're the one to take care of and and both of of them ran away um not caring for the children anymore so I had to step up as a sister because firstborn, my twin brother and I did not have anything to do rather than uh, finding ways to, to help our siblings we, who were very, very young by then. They were in primary school. At least we were in our first first year of university. So actually we thought, okay, we are somewhere um, with our education, but these these children who are our siblings, we can say, still needed to go to school, still needed some parental guidance. So they needed us more than anything else. So I had to step in in a parenting role just to take care of them and to make sure that they continue with education because they were a little in panic and they did not know what is going to what is going to happen next in their lives they thought there's no more school there's no more mom there's no more dad and this is it so through the help of my friends um of course there was no any like auntie or uncle who stepped in they all like abandoned us and they thought we were going to be a very big burden i do not really blame them because um maybe they also had their life situations mm-hmm. and maybe they that's what they thought maybe this is going to be our burden we cannot step in that to that family and health so we i really had to um, take care of them just on my own with the help of friends just to make sure they continue with school wow and how many or how old were you when this was happening when you first started taking over as a parent role i was uh 21 wow and how many siblings were you caring for i had two and were you already in college or what age did you go to university i was in college uh, pursuing my bachelor degree and i was far from arusha because my family um was in arusha and I was selected to go to the university, which is uh, far away from Marusha, that is University of Dar es Salaam. And it was really tough because I had to call time to time to make sure how they're doing. And by then I had lots of exams, so I could not even travel to come back home and, and, and see them. So it was like, um, you, we only had to communicate through the phone to make sure like everything's going well. It was very difficult. Were your siblings living on their own? Like how old were they at this time? Yeah, so uh, the the youngest was 11 and the oldest was 15. Wow, that's young. Was this common in your village? Yes, this is, (laughs) unfortunately, this is very common to most Tanzanian families uh, for a parent to, to separate or divorce and and feel that they are no longer responsible for for for, for the parenting role because um, I'm mad. For example, I'm mad with my husband. I'm mad with my wife, 
and trying to bring the children in your fight it is very very common so you can see now the the total impact the total effect goes to the children you know because of the fight um, the parents bring in and the problem is um, in most of uh, families in Tanzania it is not that much taken that the responsibility of, of, of taking care of your children is in your hand people just have babies and just disappear they leave them even in the streets or in the, in the orphanage centers or because they don't feel that we do not have the spirit or the awareness that if I bring this child to the world, it is my uh, total responsibility till the end of my life. So this is kind of a problem because uh, you can see when my mom and my dad separated, left us, nobody could believe how can you leave your own children in the house even without, without saying goodbye. You know, for example, we all know that for women, this will be a tough thing to do, leaving your children behind. But this is commonly done by women, by men, which I think in a big percentage of cases is men that uh, run away from the children. With small percentages that women do, and it is because they bring the fight, the fight that they have between them um, to the children. It is a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, so is this a culture that is changing as your generation comes around or is this a culture that's continuing on in Tanzania? Yeah, yeah, it is changing little by little, very, very little. And this is because people go to school, getting exposure. I, I think the interaction or I can say the diversity now that our generation is having at least helps somehow for uh, women and men to feel their total responsibility in raising their children no matter how uh, difficult or the fight that they have between them but I think it is changing slowly. And you've talked about before how many orphans and orphanages there are in Tanzania. Is this kind of the reason that there's so many orphans or is there another underlying cause? Yeah, this is one of the factors. It's not that every child you find in in a home or in a orphanage, any orphanage center in Tanzania is an orphan. Majority of them are not orphans. They they might have parents um, alive, but they don't feel responsible. Maybe they're alcoholic, or they just don't feel like be part of raising this kid and some of them maybe they have like long-term sickness i don't know how to i don't know if there's a term for that maybe it's severe illness or for example mental illness and also you might find maybe a father is alive and mother's just died and vice versa but then these child and also have like other relatives, for example, grandma or uncle and aunt who can step up, who can, can, can willingly take care of this child. But then you find that in most of our families, we think, okay, 
his mom has died his dad is no longer here so let's let's place this child to an orphanage center because we cannot we cannot take care of this child we have our own children and you know this is one of the factors um, the separation of parents is, is is a major major problem that is placing children to to the centers here and in your village was there so were a lot of your friends or schoolmates or things like that were a lot of them in a situation like you were growing up then like in in your younger years yeah, I cannot say there were many, but there were, there, there were, um, and and of course, um, for example, our neighbors, some some of them were surprised, couldn't understand what was happening in our family. Some of them really understood and they were like, this is commonly done. This is, it's, it's, it's nothing new, you know, because in, 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 in the villages or in our societies, this is something that is, I, I, we were not the first case, you know, mm-hmm. so most people were aware of something that was happening to, to us and nobody could just help us because there are so many children or so many people who were um, suffering the same. So how did you go from there? What happened after you graduated college, you became a teacher, I believe, and then how did yes. you get into creating your community organizations and all of that? Well, I thank God I, I did well in the university. You know, it, it was really stressful because I was dealing with school at the same time, um, dealing with family. So I graduated and I became a teacher, a qualified teacher. But it was difficult to get a job where I was studying. And I also thought, okay, I should go back to Arusha just to be with with my siblings. So I traveled back to Arusha when I, when I graduated and I started looking for a job. And my first job was in, um, in a teacher's college education. I taught there and I was learning a lot of things. <laughs> I thought like there were some stuff which were not done um, the way I was thinking and that's where I thought okay I need to learn I need to 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 end like practical experiences and where can I get this like is there anywhere that they have like a different kind of education um, different kind of system where I can gain something and and use it in the future so I started to hunt for a job from these international schools. And in Arusha, there were like two or three international schools. One of them was a fully British uh, school. I applied for a job there and I got a job like um, a te- teaching assistant. Fortunately, I, I got one position and I started working there. I realized that me being a, a t- teaching assistant like not working like a regular like a main class teacher gave me a lot of experience I was learning a lot and I realized our education system is missing something somewhere we do have the best education in Tanzania like the system and all that but it is not well practiced so I thought there is this gap that I I was thinking, okay, I, I want all educators 
to think about it and and to do something about it because um, our education is the best, but then there's something somewhere that has to be fixed. I gained a lot of experience and I also worked with um, children with learning support. There was a learning support department. I had a, a chance to work in the department which added a lot of experience in my teaching career. Though so from there, I realized what what our generation needs to do for their young children and what the young children need, like Tanzanian children, because there is a very big percentage. I, I could, I, I do not have like actual statistics, but I can say maybe only 5% of, of Tanzanians can afford to take their children to uh, maybe to international schools, which are very, very expensive. These schools have like the best designed um, education programs uh, where children can learn practically. They're encouraged to be creative and innovative so they have like better ways to access the quality education. And the rest go to schools that everyone can afford uh, with our, our system or education system. And I, saw, I thought, these things don't really don't need a lot of money to, to do them in schools. Uh, it's just to mobilize the teachers and, 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 and to think beyond, because we are living in a world that is changing really, really fast. So are we ready to cut our, our children in, in, in this phase? Can they live and compete with children from other parts of the world in the near future. Because you might find that the way my mom learned maybe in in, in 70s, it is the same way I go to class and learn the same way, Mm -hmm. you know? And I thought, this is a problem. It cannot be really this way because time is changing really fast. And every day you work up with, with, with new information. And we should share this information with, with children we teach in classes. So I thought, how can, how can I like, bridge the gap? How, you know, I was thinking, who, can, who is the one who is going to help me with this? Who, who is seeing things that I'm seeing? I'm pretty sure there were people who were seeing these things, but maybe they did not know, or maybe they were afraid or uh, um, or not courageous enough to speak, to stand and speak and say, okay, now I'm acting uh, towards the education system in Tanzania. Uh, But for me, the moment I realized that there is a gap and that's where I started my movements. yeah so i try to design things i i thought okay where's the problem mm-hmm. you know for me being a teacher um i know a lot that is happening to parents i know a lot uh, happening to teachers a lot happening to students i have a lot of stories the challenges that these three groups are facing they're all on my hands you know because i'm in the journey um, so I thought uh, I drew like a triangle in my brain and I thought, okay, if I want to help this child who is on top, I should also be able to 
include the teacher that is teaching this child and the parent who is raising this child so the triangle in my in my brain is what is um like everything that i do now yeah that's the projects that i've created to do in the community like to touch the child the teacher and the and the parent i love how what you do touches on all three of those instead of just focusing on the child and then once I mean, probably then once they're out of your hand, they might not get the continued support from the parents and the teachers. So what you're really doing seems like it's reforming a lot of society and a lot of the education. It was powerful how you said that the education hadn't changed from when your mom was in school and to now when you are. And that's just so interesting how just every country can be so different with their education and their societal ways when we all kind of have the same basic needs and the same ways that we grow and move through the world. Do you want to dive into what your organization, uh, it's Send to Success, right? Senda. Senda is a Spanish, Spanish word. Do you want to share about that? Because you're back doing that in Arusha, right? Yeah. So you shared a little bit about how you do work with the teachers, the parents, and the children. And you did have your big event last year, the Watoto Bonanza, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to share about that and share how you made such a big event? <laughs> it was a very big event. I don't, know, I don't even know how I was able to do it. But uh, because I do everything with passion and I always think of how to, to save children in, in Tanzania in so many ways including the education so in 2018 because i've started doing a lot of things in my community of um empowering teachers um, and mobilizing them um students the young the young students uh, from primary schools and their parents so i've had lots of programs i was volunteering in in in, in some schools and places different places here in Arusha, I thought, okay, I can no longer do this in an informal way. Let me try to do things formally so that I can be recognized. Uh, so in 2018, I opened like a small organization, which is a non-government organization, just to allow people to see what I do and, and to engage more in my programs uh, in terms of uh, sharing the ideas. A lot of people are devoting their time, their energy and their efforts to to help me achieve my, my, my vision. So I founded the Sender Success in 2018. And in Sender Success, I was able to do uh, multiple programs to reach teachers, to reach uh, students and, and parents. And I've always wanted to, to help children who come from disadvantaged background, mm -hmm. because I think this is a group that is, is, is mostly forgotten. And um, yeah, they can be helped by so many organizations. We have lots of NGOs doing stuff with this group. But in terms of education, I haven't seen much you know done with with the health uh, especially with mental health and that is what i thought last year so last year i did like a big event i i didn't know that it was going to be a very big event it was an event that was called 
watoto bonanza this aimed at bringing children from um, orphanage centers in Arusha, um, the young children, it was from age 3 to 15 years uh, from orphanage centers in Arusha, just to come together to play and have fun and make friends. Why did I do this? Um, this is because this group of children um, is always forgotten just like children at home, you would always want to take your child on the weekends to the park to, the, to, to swim or uh, to visit friends or shopping and all that. But these children, they do not have anyone that says, okay, look, I'm going to take you out today um, just for shopping or I'm going to take you out today just to do like some outdoor games most of the time people visit these children in their homes um, people carry maybe uh, one kilogram of sugar or carry toys that their children no longer need them at home things that they want to get rid of from their houses that's where they go and dump to these children uh, because they think okay they can afford buying maybe new t-shirts new toys so these are the ones I can offer to them but what about their like improving the the, the, the the social interaction and mental health you know these are children and we know that children learn learn through play and they, they love to play and we have to let them play because this is how they develop so I thought, okay, if I am dealing with these children, I should have at least one big event a year just to, to bring these children uh, together, eat, have fun, and make friends, and, and never forget about the day. Just, it, it was amazing. So I was able to collect about 560 children wow. in a big stadium yes that's impressive <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you yeah um with the help of different people and different companies uh which believe in in in, in young young generation young children yeah. who believe in sports and, and and mental health it was it was not easy to to persuade someone to maybe to offer one crate of sodas or 10 bottles of water it was not so easy but i thank god that was was successful uh, so children ate that day children played so we had many outdoor games because for many children it was their first time to see a jumping castle can you believe that wow yeah because they had been in an orphanage their whole life yeah yeah um we were able to give them like new like t-shirt for the day um we were sponsored with a company a water company in arusha so there were plenty of drinking water and you know so it was one kind of a big event which for real if it wasn't the help of friends um from abroad friends here and and those companies which believed in our in our in our theme in our motive wouldn't have been really easy yeah i'm just smiling thinking about the joy that you brought to these children who had been in an orphanage for so long or even just a little Fantastic. time to get out yeah. and have fun yeah. and enjoy time and you put on you must have put on just such a fun event you you even called yourself a local celebrity for 
for putting on <laughs> yeah, that Joanne always says that you're a celebrity. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes, I um for example, we were going to do this again this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My 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 wish is to do this in in December uh because I I wanted to do this so much in June because mm-hmm. uh June is where schools are closed and in December because you can only do this when the schools are closed when children are at home they're in the school holidays so like to to make it like also their holiday treat you you understand yeah. so i wanted to do this um in june but then with the pandemic and so everything is just flipped right <laughs> um Unfortunately. because yeah I was looking forward to to do this again because children are really waiting for it. Yeah, but they were looking forward to it too. Yeah, they've been asking when is it again? When is it again? So if it looks like um it is stable, but just to give it more time to do it in December. However, I am not really sure if uh those people who who supported to to make last year's event a success will be in a position right. to do so mm-hmm. for this year because I know a lot of people are struggling um maybe people have lost their jobs or like companies are not doing a lot of uh, of selling maybe and I know every sector is just struggling so probably um there'll be someone somewhere who will say yeah you know what i can help you with that i think i'm in in, in a good position to uh, to help you uh reach the children and do the event again but my worry is like locally i know how things are going on in tanzania right now uh my worry is like not having enough to provide for the children because we had a lot to 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 offer this year Yeah, hopefully with the attention that it brought last year, some business out there that's doing well will be able to support the event and support you and what you're doing. What does Tanzania look like right now with the pandemic and what has it looked like in the past months? Yeah, um the schools are going to resume this month on the 29th. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and we have no any case anymore. Oh none. None uh with the according to the government oh, wow. and all the hospitals that had patients hmm. before there are no more patients like more cases I can say corona cases anymore mm-hmm. and it looks like yes we still have to take precautions because um we don't know but looks like it is safe because all the businesses have gone back to normal life life is back to normal for sure um and yeah and unfortunately even the awareness of people taking more precautions is like reduced um if people were like i i need to sanitize my hands i need to wash my hands and people are like forgetting oh, oh no, no safe, you know <laughs> yeah people forget way too easily yeah so people are not stressed with that anymore however um for people who read and and listen to news and follow up like the trend of this virus understand that it is not safe <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 
yeah because you cannot tell you don't know you don't know so uh taking more precautions is important will you be back in the classroom teaching in the end of june I, I do not work in a school anymore oh, myself, okay. but I had, yes, but I had like um, students programs already, which we, we wanted to do over the holiday, but then they were in a big holiday, uh, COVID-19 holiday. So they won't have their holiday. So I had to cancel all my programs. And also we had a very, very big um like parenting seminar, very big one that was was prepared since February. We had to cancel that as well because uh, gatherings and all that is not safe. I am going to see when children are getting back to school what what can be redesigned um, to to reach the children that we wanted to reach. But then now the school schedules are going to be very tight because they have just to go with time as they spend a lot of time at home mm-hmm. and they are children with with final exams like um, class four class seven and it's secondary students so it's a little bit uh, maybe it's difficult to say it this time like what we can we can do but we are going to try as much as possible to reach them is your full-time work right now running the organizations? Yes, okay. I work I, I work on the weekends at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it is in me and I love it. It's yeah. my my passion because um, it is very young. It is a very young organization and I, I'm like everything. I'm a teacher, I'm a designer, <laughs> I'm a, you know, trainer, I'm everything. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm in all departments. You do, you do wear all the hats. So is um, I do want to hear from you about what you did when the pandemic started and how you helped the children with the education through radio, I think you mentioned. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a very good question. So during pandemic, uh, because we did, we really didn't know how this was going. So in... I think it was March 18th, the government uh, just announced that every school should be closed and boarding schools, uh, students had to travel back home. So no more business, no more gathering, nothing, nothing. Uh, because um, we that was, we only had one corona f- uh, case in Tanzania and then all schools were closed. Okay. Wait, one one total throughout the whole thing or just one before everything closed? Just before everything was closed, we okay. had only one case. And then with that, and I think many countries that what they were doing, so we also had to just do the same because we didn't know. I think they had to study to, to understand better what is this. Uh, that's why they said, okay, no more schools. Uh, so children back home, they stay with their parents until just for one month so we thought oh okay maybe after one month children will go back to school and then one month was over and the government said the children will continue to stay at home until further notice we will we will announce again when they will they will go back to school so and I started thinking okay maybe nobody knows when the school the, the children will go back to school 
Uh, is there anything that the government is doing to reach the children um, at home or, um, you know, in, the, in terms of them learning, keep learning at home? Because I've, I've had many private schools like offering uh, education online. So these students were still learning um, the computers, smartphones, and even from the television. But then I thought, okay, uh, what is happening with this group? This child who maybe is 10 years old, comes from very interior, has no access to, to, to internet, you know, and goes to government school. There is a gap, who is helping this child? Right. So I was thinking, because I always think about this group, I always, I always think on how to help them in so many, in so many stuff. So I thought, okay, maybe what, what is a better way uh, I can use to reach them academically, like for them to revise, for them to understand, okay, uh, nobody has forgotten me. I can still go back to my books and I can revise. I can learn something. You know, just to make this child uh, not only to work up and play or do domestic work, but also at least to have 30 minutes or one hour in a day just to remember how is the school like, you know. So that's when I got an idea of starting the radio programs because in Tanzania, yes, not everyone has access to online education or access to, to, to smartphones and computers just to learn online. But at least radio can be reached by so many Tanzanians these days. We have even these regular phones, very, 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 they are not smartphones. They have radios in it, which majority of Tanzanians have this kind of phones and they have radios. You can listen to any radio station in Tanzania. So I thought, okay, so if they cannot access to, if they cannot access internet, but at least they can listen to a radio. And remember that was the time that everyone was afraid even to get out of the house. We were not in lockdown, luckily. Yeah. Tanzanians, Tanzanians were not put in a lockdown. Did you ever have restrictions? No, we, we never, maybe only to put on masks when okay. some places to some offices, only some offices cannot really give you service if you're putting on mask. Um, yeah, but there were like, not like in other countries, like you cannot get out of your house, you can, uh, not move around in the streets. No. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have that either. Quite as strict. We had businesses shut down, and most every in schools and everything shut down. But we didn't have quite the mm -hmm. the whole. You can't go out for a run or bike ride or anything like that. Yeah. So, but you know, people locked <laughs> locked down themselves because now that was the time like everybody was so afraid <laughs> what if i go out what, you know so i started thinking now i should look for teachers uh who can deliver lessons uh, via radio we can record and this radio station can can 
play this this session i was like how can i do that it it wasn't easy it wasn't easy so i started to look for a powerful radio station uh, in arusha talk to them unfortunately they were charging a lot of money and uh, for me i was like okay it's it's pandemic and everyone is trying to do everything just to to help the community maybe even the radio would be part of the program but then it was not <laughs> Um, I understand. I don't blame them because radios are, these days are, are struggling in helping the presenters, in 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 maintaining the the service and all that. I understand they need to leave. So in anything that uh, they play in the radio, you have to pay for it. So I talked to them and I, I I explained my idea. They were very happy that I was doing that, but then they charged again from the radio was going to look for the teachers it was not easy again to get the teachers because remember this is the time that everyone is so much afraid to get out right you know and teachers teachers were given this was like um a forced holiday so they knew that they were on, on holiday uh, no, until the government says, okay, you, now you can go back to school. So most teachers maybe traveled or they had other issues mo and others prefer just to stay indoors. So it's, where can I get the teachers mm -hmm. to do the lessons? I, you know, so I started to contact people and, 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 and some people like told me, ah, maybe you can go to the government offices and they can help you mobilize the teachers. I tried to go to the regional commissioner's office, a um, very big office in, in, in Arusha, to find a way that they can help me or help this project in, in mobilizing the teachers because the teachers must feel that they are part of helping the children even when they're at home. Right, right. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. So, it was not easy as well. A lot of protocols and uh, it was not easy and the time was moving so fast. You know, I don't know what is happening. It's the time is moving really, really fast. You know, it was like, I will do this next week and it's next week. I you agree. don't have anything. Time is just flying by. I feel like I blink and the month goes by. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I said, no, no, no. So I started to reach out to my network. Please help me with teachers. And luckily, end of, of, of the end of uh, April, that's where I got the teachers. But every teacher that you try to talk to, they ask you, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> this was a challenge as well. Uh, because I thought, okay, maybe people have the same the same heart as me. Maybe they have the same passion. Maybe, but I can't complain. We we we're always different, and and of course that's what they thought. So I had now to to like to fundraise mm. <laughs> during a time when people are financially struggling as well. Yeah, yes, I understood completely. So I said, okay, you know what? I need to look for like people anyone just to to sponsor this program uh it was not easy to get people locally i reached out to some friends um out of the country and there was this angel <laughs> i don't know where he came from um from spain read 
read my proposal and he was like wow are you gonna do this for real are you going really going to do this and i said yeah i said um i'm going to 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 sponsor part of this you know uh please start with this as you move forward i know people will come along and i say thank you very much i needed this i needed to start to start and people can understand what what this is all means yeah so we got sponsored uh, to start recording learning sessions via radio and it is astonishing i can tell you the impact the calls the, the text messages were receiving from parents and and children and um, it was i was overwhelmed with the joy that we were able to reach children from interior like uh, maasai villages far far away they were so supported by by our programs and and remembering schools again there in in arusha itself there about uh, 5517 i'm not sure uh, uh primary children but then we were able this radio goes even out um goes even out of arusha so you can you can imagine how many children were able to to reach uh, with our radio program so during this pandemic our only aim was not um to make not to make the children be in panic and not understanding uh when am i going back to school is this over you know because nobody uh, was telling them anything they knew that there was corona they don't understand about corona and they they were just told it's dangerous but they don't know how dangerous what about the school and all that because they did not know how long they're going to be at home and they thought for them to be at home it's only maybe to play and do domestic work just to help their parents with work and all that but we wanted um alongside with all that they're thinking just to think that uh, it oh, it is also their responsibility to keep learning while they're at home and uh, take more precautions and, and and revising and especially for those children who are sitting for the final exams this year you know to keep learning uh, so we're doing revisions with them and it, it was very very good very very good so we are ending this uh because children are going back to school so we're ending the program this month next week 25th how are you sharing the information how are you getting information <coughs> to the children that these radio programs were going on mm -hmm. What did it just happen that they were listening in mm -hmm. and then they told friends or were you advertising it somehow? Yeah. Yeah, um the radio station itself helped me with promotions. Um they were speaking about the programs, giving the timetable um because if they're able to listen to this radio, this is where they can um they can be able to get full information about the program. So they knew that on Monday at 9 a.m. I have to sit down with my pen. I'll be doing this subject uh because what I tried, we did not teach mathematics. <laughs> via radio so selected uh, selected um a few a few subjects which um we thought that uh, they can be easily shared uh through radio 
uh, we had like a timetable and the specific time that children can sit down and we encouraged parents to 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 monitor their children while they're there and and even uh, teachers after after delivering the lesson they had to leave uh, questions like you know like to assess the students if they were learning okay. or they were following yeah. the session so they had to leave uh, a few questions um, on the topic that they were presenting and 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 then teachers uh, left their, their their phone numbers for those children who who were stuck somehow who needed more help and they were reaching them uh, it was it was it was really nice. Uh, teachers received lots of text messages and and, and phone calls. So parents allow their their children to call the teacher and ask the question. And we were able also to visit some families um, just to see how they're doing with the with the programs, to see how they're following and and how t um, how children are learning in were at home. And also, I try to share um, like a poster with with friends and my network to share because some of them might not even um, listen to the radio, mm -hmm. but uh, v like word of mouth, uh, like you know, yeah. there's this program at this radio um, happening this day and this day you can uh, switch on. I had some friends who really helped me to to say this to their family members, uh, to their friends in the streets, in the, in the community. Um, like, instead of you playing, just playing, uh, there's this wonderful radio uh, program you can listen to and learn. So then, then they, they know they switch on the radio. So that's how we shared. Wow, it sounds like you have a big community group that helps you with all that you're doing as well. Do you have a main group that you find helps donate both locally and internationally uh, <clears throat> uh, for for example from here locally I, I I am a Rotarian by the way and um, most of the time because Rotarians uh, support or do mostly uh, community-based projects uh, so most of the time, my fellow Rotarians are the ones who support me okay. some way, somehow. However, I knew that uh, Rotarians, this, the, this time of pandemic, where uh, most of them were concentrating on, on, on health projects like, uh, and, and, and sanitation, like providing masks and PPEs mm -hmm. and sanitizers and all. So uh, nothing was done much uh, in terms of education I <laughs> um, so I had like few Rotarians who were able to to donate and and but big donation came from from outside of Tanzania yeah it's been amazing to see you know the pandemic has been just so hard to see all the people struggling financially and getting the illness and things like that but it's also been just amazing to see people like you and other organizations and groups of people that are coming together and it's cool to see how the whole community uh, across the our yeah, nation yeah, yeah. and across the entire world that have yeah. banded together and supported each other and created new things gotten creative and just done good for the world that's been so great to see thank you so much yeah so i do want to give you a chance to share if someone listening maybe wants to 
help volunteer or help donate some money or any other types of donations if you want to share how people listening can mm-hmm. help and where they can find you. <laughs> um, there is uh, so much that people can do and the, 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 the only message that I always want to give to um, I always want to say to the world is to hold each other's hand anyhow in helping the younger generation in terms of education because I believe through education is where we can um, we can battle or we can we can fix and um, most challenges around our community our communities um, so if there is anyone who is touched by by, by this story and and the initiatives that I do here in Tanzania please uh, your energy your mind uh, your time will be highly appreciated I'd like to have people volunteer their time um, in making our projects uh, success come with ideas if you have any comments and also um, for those who are able to donate it doesn't have to be a thousand a thousand USDs but any <laughs> anything that you think can touch uh, a life of a child here in Tanzania and so for those who wish to to hold my hand in empowering young Tanzanians in supporting them um, they can reach me uh, through my email address please write to me to send success at gmail.com and I know there's some people who are in Instagram and they maybe they'd like to visit um, different pages we have a page uh, on Instagram, which is at sendersuccesstz. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I'll have I'll put all your information so people can contact you on our website and things like that. So then, our final two questions that I sent you earlier today: um, yeah. Who or what is illuminating you in your life right now? Um. I, I cannot say by names, but I'm illuminated or I'm inspired by every young education activist mm-hmm. around the globe. I cannot say only in Tanzania or only in Africa, but whoever um, is doing things for to improve or to improve the education, whoever is doing things for the children. Uh, these are the people who really, really inspire me, including myself, because I think when 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 I look back, I my 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 life is full of of fears that what is tomorrow gonna offer? What do I have to do now? So when I look at myself and other people, I get really, really inspired and keeps me going. Yeah. And what is your one message you'd like to send to the world? Um, there is a say by um, Maria Teresa uh, that is we can always do um, things many many things yeah but many things can only be done with love so if we can spread love and, 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 and share things that we can do with our passions, I think everything is, is possible. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Hawa. 
If you really enjoyed hearing from her and learning more about her and you want to follow along with the journey of her organization, you can do that at sendasuccesstz on Instagram. And while you're there, give the Illuminate Podcast some love. You can follow the Illuminate Podcast on Instagram at the Illuminate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod. And of course, as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, we would love if you left a rating and review about the show. Thank you, friends, for being here, listening to the show, and just supporting us in our journey. We appreciate you. Thank you.